This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Happy Thursday already. Already. It feels like next Monday today. Yeah. Yeah. It does. See what yep. I did there. But yeah. of course, it is Thursday, and that means we're talking Donovan Mitchell in the Utah Jazz. Is Donovan Mitchell getting the respect he deserves? Another day, another group of crazy Donovan Mitchell rumors. Does Donovan Mitchell get the respect he deserves? Can you build a championship team around Donovan Mitchell? Should the Utah Jazz trade Donovan Mitchell? It's all Donovan Mitchell all day long. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Elon Musk can now field a baseball team. Uh, what is your favorite fast food? Brittany Griner's still in jail. Brittany Griner's wife said something yesterday that really struck a nerve with me. We'll talk about that situation as well. But right now, if you are here watching the show, please give us a thumbs up. It really helps the channel grow here on YouTube. If you're on podcast, God bless you as well. Yesterday, another record-breaking day on the audio podcast. Thank you so much to everybody on Spotify uh, that listens to the show. Could not do it without you. Um, Anywhere you want to get a podcast, just search The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Heck, just get on Google and Google search. Uh, the Monty Show, you'll see all of our stuff comes up. But without further ado, let's start talking Donovan Mitchell in the Utah Jazz. So you know that on this show, we talk a ton of Utah Jazz basketball, um, all of the trade rumors, everything that goes on, we're on top of it, right? It seems like another day, another Donovan Mitchell slap in the face, if you will. And I I wonder what your thoughts are on this as a Jazz fan and as an NBA fan. Does Donovan Mitchell get the respect he deserves? I don't believe he does. And here's why I say that. I think Donovan Mitchell is a prototypical NBA star. Yes, he, if you want to call him undersized, great. He's long, he's explosive, he can really shoot the ball. I think, and this is my opinion, and I'd love to hear from you in the comments on this. I don't think Donovan Mitchell has even entered his prime yet. And I'm curious as to why. Donovan Mitchell gets so much disrespect versus other players in this league. Is it because the Utah Jazz haven't won yet? That could be. Is it because Donovan Mitchell is a guy who faltered last year? Maybe that is. I don't know the answer to that question, Jake, but I think it's high time we start talking about Donovan Mitchell and having an open, honest discussion about whether or not he's respected. What's the right way to say it? Accurately? Um, at a level that he's deserved. Do you think Donovan Mitchell gets the respect he deserves? Yeah, I mean, I think that Donovan Mitchell definitely gets slighted in the in in the respect category. I, I think that, you know, part of it could be that he plays for the Utah Jazz with all due respect. He's not playing for, you know, a major market team, so that could be part of it. But I think that, you know, Donovan Mitchell is in, in the same ilk as guys like Jason Tatum or Trey Young or or any of these guys. And I, and I think that 
What's so interesting to me is this is this offseason has worn on and, and the Rudy trade had happened and the Utah Jazz are doing things. Donovan Mitchell seemingly has always been the guy who's at the center of, oh, he's leaving, and oh, if Donovan doesn't want to be here, then he can get his ass out of here. And like the the Utah Jazz fan base has had basically no patience with this process. And I think there's been a lot of vitriol for whatever reason for Donovan Mitchell. Now, we've had discussions in the past about whether Donovan Mitchell, you know, was respected enough or like appreciated enough. And that upset some of the Utah Jazz fans that listen to this show. But I have to say, like from a national perspective and, and even even locally, when you have members of the local media running out ridiculous CAA conspiracy theories about Donovan Mitchell and, and getting a certain head coach hired within the Utah Jazz organization, like that tells me everything I need to know. Like inherently, if you're doing that or if you're saying he's going to leave or whatever the story is that that kind of paints Donovan Mitchell in a negative light, you don't respect him enough because the fact is, is Donovan Mitchell has done nothing to suggest that he wants to leave. Donovan Mitchell has said nothing, done nothing. You know, the only thing that the only thing that he's done um, this offseason is spend time with his friends around the NBA. Someone named Emmanuel Quickly, who plays on the East Coast, happens to be Donovan Mitchell's, one of his best friends in life. Yet people want to say, oh, well, because he's a Nick, or he's this guy, or he's that guy, that, that, that then means that Donovan Mitchell's leaving the Utah Jazz because he's chilling in the Hamptons and posting pictures of himself getting off helicopters. Like, it's just such a ridiculous leap, and that's why we decided to talk about this today, because the fact is, is Donovan Mitchell is still here. The fact is, sources tell us that him and Ryan Smith talk every single day almost. They're in close communication. They they like there are things that that I just I can't fathom why the Utah Jazz fan base and the national media won't just say, hey, this guy is an up and coming superstar and he's not going anywhere. Why is that so hard? Well, I think that's where really the genesis of this conversation started was yesterday where you have people that are saying, you know, hey, um, Donovan Mitchell is this and Donovan Mitchell is that and Brian Windhorst at ESPN had a rumor yesterday um, that Donovan Mitchell called the Jazz and was angry. And But that's precisely was, what I mean, a rumor. And yeah. you just run with that because it's Windhorst. And, and, and it bothers me. Like, if, if Windhorst yeah. said that about Kevin Durant, Everybody would lose their mind. Oh my God, Kevin Durant is this and that, and and but he's Kevin Durant, so it's fine. But because it's Donovan Mitchell, it, we immediately go against him, and that's what I don't understand. Yeah, and I I think the thing that I struggle with so much is that there is just not, there's just not that built-in respect that most NBA stars get, and I think that's part of the issue. And I don't think that has anything to do with it being Salt Lake City. Anybody that says that Donovan Mitchell doesn't get the run he would get in New York or Miami, you're crazy. Donovan Mitchell has been at the top of the national stack for a couple of weeks now. But this thing yesterday with Brian Windhorst, um, I think was a huge issue in that you have a guy in Donovan Mitchell that is the best player on the Utah Jazz. Yeah. And a couple of narratives continue to get run out about Don and the Jazz that I just don't understand. This thing with Windhorse yesterday, where again, and if you didn't hear it, Brian Windhorse said that after the Rudy Gobert trade, his sources told him that Donovan Mitchell called the Jazz and had, you know, pointed questions for them. There is no calling the Jazz for Donovan Mitchell. I was told yesterday, and the, the let me, I want to describe how this went down 
because I think this is a really important part of the conversation. I'm just sitting at my at, at my my desk yesterday doing my thing, working, and I got a phone call from a blocked number, and that's pretty rare. But I'm out to a lot of dudes that would use a blocked number, so I answer it, and it's one of, yeah, it's one of my guys at the Jazz. And frankly, he was a little fired up, and he's like, I just don't understand where this comes from. I don't understand how this happens. And we went on to have a conversation about how Donovan Mitchell and Ryan Smith have an ongoing relationship. They have an ongoing conversation. It's not like, oh, I haven't talked to Ryan in a month and he just traded Rudy. How dare he? Oh, you mean like Kevin Durant you know? hasn't talked to Nets ownership in, in, since, since the season ended or whatever? Like, well, like how that whole thing turned has out not to be true, which again, and I think that's a great example. Kevin Durant, as it turns out, was talking directly to Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, where people are like, oh, he's cut off communication, which at the end of the day turned out to be completely false. Congratulations. And, but that's bullshit. Yeah. And with, and with the jazz and Donovan Mitchell, I'm told that he and Ryan Smith have regular communication that. He has been told repeatedly, and and if you go back and look at our tape, we've been saying this since early January, that he was told they're going to build this club around him. He was well aware that Rudy Gobert was was being shopped and was going to be traded. Donovan Mitchell, that, this goes back to the Andy Larson CAA conspiracy yeah. theory. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell was not shocked, dismayed, uh, knocked off center. The quote was unnerved. You know, unnerved by, you know, the the... This is all nonsense. It's all nonsense. Donovan Mitchell is well aware of what this organization's doing. And by the way, if Donovan Mitchell and, and Ryan Smith were not talking about their direction of the club, that would be the story. Yeah. If Donovan Mitchell, your best player, who you supposedly have a great relationship, was not talking to your owner, that would be a huge problem. But... You're trying to make a story out of, oh, hey, Donovan Mitchell talked to the the Jazz about this trade, and why would he not? Yeah. Why would the Jazz want Donovan Mitchell to be silent? And the line that comes across yesterday that I will never forget that this particular person at the Jazz said to me was, Donovan Mitchell's opinion is valued here. Like, they, they care what he thinks. Yes. They listen to what he says. So... I don't understand why we continue to get this narrative that Don and the Jazz have some flawed relationship or that there is consternation and anger and, you know, Donovan is unsure about what's happening with Quinn Snyder. Mm -hmm. No, he's not. And the CAA conspiracy theory is exactly what I'm talking about. You have the beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. And again, Andy, with all due respect, I know it pisses you off. I talk about you. Repeatedly, people have DM'd me that you're upset with the things I've said about you. Here's the truth about what Andy Larson reported. CAA, the CAA conspiracy theory. And Andy reported that there's a, a big to-do behind the scenes when Quinn Snyder was fired. Andy reported that Donovan Mitchell is represented by CAA, that Adrian Wojnarowski, the ESPN NBA insider, is represented by CAA, and that Johnny Bryant, the assistant coach of the New York Knicks, is represented by CAA. Those are all facts, and they're not in dispute. Right. Okay, that's great, until Andy Larson goes off the reservation and says, well, there's a conspiracy theory at work by Donovan's agent to get Johnny Bryant hired. So Donovan's agent 
and Donovan went to Adrian Wojnarowski and used him as a pawn to get the rumor out that Donovan is off-centered or uncomfortable unnerved. or unnerved, thank you, by, by the firing of Quinn Snyder. And his conspiracy, Andy Larson's conspiracy theory is, is that Donovan and his agent went to Woj, who then went to the media with the story so that Johnny Bryant could get the job. With the Utah Jazz. So Donovan could have more and, control. And yeah, exactly. And Donovan was going to manipulate the Jazz yeah. into hiring yeah. Johnny Bryant. And it was a complete fabrication. It was a lie. It was made up. It was not true. And at the end of the day, those of us that talked to people at the Jazz knew Will Hardy was their number one candidate. We told you that on June 6th. Yeah. We straight away said that. The day that Quinn was fired or resigned, however you want to put it. We told you, hey, watch out for Will Hardy and Charles Lee. Yeah. Those are two guys that I would be watching for and go back and watch the show. I even said June 6th, Will Hardy's the guy that I would hire. Yeah. Because people at the Jazz, who by the way, reached out to us. Yeah. We didn't we didn't reach out to them. They reached out to us last year. They we have a channel there. But the issue is that the media wants to get their pitchforks out for Donovan Mitchell. And I just don't understand it. I it mean, makes goes, no sense. You know, and, and again, I'm not on some vendetta to talk about Andy all show, but he just just with what's happened over the course of the season, it, it, he's just allowed me to do that. Like if you think if you go back to that the Mavs game, right, earlier in the year, like this past season where Andy reported that Donovan was pissed off at the Dallas bench because they were picking him up 94 feet from from the bucket which is total BS, and then he goes and gets called out by Donovan. And I think that this kind of goes to this conversation where it's like Donovan Mitchell locally and nationally just does not get that inherent superstar respect. And what bothers me even more is that Brian Windhorst, uh, Andy Larson, anybody in this town basically outside of Tony Jones, because I think Tony does the best job, honestly, and we've said that repeatedly, these guys that just want to talk about Don, they'll run their mouth, but then they'll sit in front of him in a press conference and won't ask him tough questions. They'll sit in front of Ryan Smith and won't ask the proper questions, and that's the problem I have. And I think that Donovan Mitchell should get a, a, an inherent level of trust. Hey, we're not going to assume you want to leave unless you come out and say, I asked for a trade. But you should it, get that. But that, is, that, again, is another great example. Oh, Donovan's demanded a trade. Says who? When? Donovan Mitchell has not at any point, according to Utah Jazz sources, and frankly, a source very close to Donovan Mitchell, has never in the past or up till now, and as of last Friday, has never demanded a trade from the Utah Jazz. Yeah. But yet you have rumors out there that say Donovan wants to leave. Donovan wants to go to the Heat. Donovan wants to go to the Knicks. Donovan wants to go here. Donovan wants to go there. And I don't understand this mentality of trying to force this guy out of Salt Lake City. I, I, I just don't get that. So, again, whether it's Andy Larson making up stories about Donovan, whether it is Brian Windhorst, and I, I can tell you straight away, when Brian Windhorst has sources. He is well-connected in the NBA. I don't doubt that somebody told Brian Windhorst that. I have no doubt about that. Listening to Chris Mannix's podcast last night, as I am wanting to do every week. Yeah. Great podcast. A very good podcast. Chris Mannix 
at least says it's his opinion yeah. that Donovan Mitchell is going to be traded. And one of the other things I, I, I think we need to talk about today, and I see all your comments, and uh, trust me, I'm coming, um, is this idea that Danny Ainge is operating on the 2022 Jazz the exact same way that he operated on the 2013 Boston Celtics. And I think we need to stop with this assumption. We have to stop with this assumption. The 2013 Celtics trade that sent Paul Pierce out is not remotely close to or even in comparison to trading Rudy Gobert or trading Donovan Mitchell. Paul Pierce in 2013 was at the end of the road. The guy had very little left to offer, as we then saw with Brooklyn and L.A. Mm -hmm. He had very little left to offer. You're looking at a guy in Donovan Mitchell who has not even entered his prime yet, in my opinion. And we're going to compare him to a washed Paul Pierce. Well, I think the the thing here is that the what what was being described on this on this podcast was that in 2013, the whole concept was that Danny Ainge likes to take advantage of teams who overvalue players. Which, at the core of that opinion, I completely agree. As a GM, as a as a CEO, as a front office guy, that's your whole that's your whole job in life is to take is to take advantage of of teams who value your players more than you value them. But the difference here, and this is the main thing that I want people to understand, the 2013 Paul Pierce-Kevin Garnett trade that sent those guys to the Nets was very different because the Nets were thirsty to get those guys, right? But those guys didn't have really anything left to offer. Rudy Gobert still has a ton to offer a team and likely makes the Timberwolves a top contender right now, depending on how it pans out on the floor, obviously. The Paul Pierce-Kevin Garnett deal was a salary dump that didn't make the Brooklyn Nets at that time a top contending team. So when you look at this, my problem with that opinion and really this whole idea that the the Utah Jazz are rebuilding and they're not gonna they're not gonna rebuild this team around Don and they're just gonna ship him out is that Donovan's just entering his prime now. You had to move the Rudy money to build this team around Donovan Mitchell. And I don't understand why that's such a hard concept well, to grasp. But I also think when you look at that 2013 Celtics team, that was a 500 basketball team. Yeah. A 500 basketball team that had aging superstars making a ton of money. That's not what the situation was here. You had one bad contract on this Jazz team. This is far from a 500 basketball team. You had to trade Rudy Gobert. It wasn't optional to trade Rudy Gobert. Just like in 2013, I would agree, it wasn't optional. You needed to trade. It was you time. You needed to trade KG. You won your championship. Paul Pierce got his ring. It was time. But that doesn't mean that you're going to burn this thing to the ground, lose for 10 years, and then hope for the best with, with draft picks. Danny's not the guy that comes in to, to hang out out of the playoffs. He's not the guy that comes in to hang out and just collect a paycheck. Danny Ainge is here to win. And I think what you're seeing and what has been repeatedly reported is that they're going to build around Donovan Mitchell. And I don't know why. And again, this is why I go back to the the, orig the origins of this conversation. And I, I just say, why are we in such a hurry to force this guy out of town? Yeah. Ask yourself that question. Why is there so much vitriol for Donovan Mitchell? Now, does Donovan have improving to do? Absolutely. He's got to be a better defender. He's got to be a better mid-range player. He's got to be, frankly, a better locker room guy, a better leader. He's got to become the alpha male. 
He's got to lead that room. There's no doubt that Donovan Mitchell has to learn and grow and mature. But this idea that he's at his ceiling or at his peak is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. He's not 30 years old. See, like Unlike Rudy Gobert. That's the other thing. You traded the guy who's at his peak at his ceiling, Rudy Gobert. You traded the guys that were, were out of the game in Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Jason Terry. Donovan Mitchell's not that guy. Donovan Mitchell's the prototypical NBA star. So that's why I asked this question of, does Donovan Mitchell get the respect that he deserves? And I guess the bigger question is, is Donovan Mitchell a superstar in this league? I personally think he's on the cusp of being a superstar. Yeah. He is. And again, the guy I compare him to all the time is Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. That's the guy that I compare Donovan Mitchell to on a regular basis. Right. I think they're very similar players, completely different bodies, completely different builds. I think Book is on another level offensively. I think Book has gotten much, much better the last two, three years defensively. But there's no reason that Donovan Mitchell cannot be as good as or as lethal as Devin Booker is. Well, and I think the conversation is trajectory. That's what we're talking about here. Yes. We're not talking about, like, right here today. Devin Booker is obviously ahead of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but I think trajectory-wise, there's no reason that Donovan can't get to that level. And I think, you know, the other thing that nobody talks about, and then we'll get to some comments here, but, but what no one talks about with Don is that he has been suffocated inside of the offensive system that he's had to play within with the guys he's been playing with. Yes. You can't how 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 is it lost on people that the Jazz were such a piss poor three point shooting team to end this year? You know how many assists that Donovan Mitchell lost off his stat sheet? You know, you know how many how many how many points were probably taken from him because the defense didn't have to respect Rudy Gobert on the offensive end? Like like this is my point. Put guys next to Donovan Mitchell that that other stars in the league have. What is Donovan Mitchell with Chris Paul next to him? What is Donovan Mitchell with Jalen Brown next to him? What is Donovan Mitchell with Anthony Davis next to him? What is Donovan Mitchell with with you know Dame next to him? It's a huge question. So that's it's my a point. huge question. What like Devin Booker has all this hot tools. Tatum has these tools. Trey Young now has these tools. What will Donovan Mitchell have? I don't know. It is very interesting. J.P. Shanahan, uh, J.P. Steve Shanahan. Yeah. My guy, what's up? What's up, dude? First one in this morning. Good to see you. Um, been a while. Quick question. Should Utah retire Rudy Gobert's jersey? I think that's a question for a different time. That's a that's a question for a different time. And, and do you really think he's the greatest jazz center of all time? I said that earlier this week. I maintain that. He is the greatest defensive player that's ever come through Salt Lake City. And with all due respect to the late, great Mark Eaton, yes, I believe that Rudy Gobert is the best center yeah. in the history of the Utah Jazz. The jersey retirement, we'll talk I, about I that think, another is different. Day. Yeah. Tanner Plummer says, good morning, you Saudi stooges. The, wow, Saudi stooges. Okay, how do, I, stooge. how do I block him for the rest of the show? Hey, guys. Uh, Jake R., good morning to you. Wesley Iyer, good morning to you. Neville 93, good morning to you. He also says, good morning, my Saudi stooge. Why are we on the Saudi Stooge train today? I don't know. Saudi Stooge. I don't know why we're on the Saudi Stooge train. Saudi Stooge. Uh, bandwagon today. Tanner says Eaton was more of a complete player than Gobert. We can talk about it at some time. Uh, James Knight says, sup, you mofos. What's up? 
Uh, Greg Hawkins says, sup, my favorite BYU fan, Monty and Jake. See, he's playing on that narrative from yesterday. Hey. Playing on that narrative, Hawk. Good to see you. Uh, Cone Wiley says, hey, guys, I've been watching since the start of 2020 season, but was too lazy to sign into an account. Well, Cohen, good to see you, my friend. I'm hey glad guys. you're here, and we appreciate you watching the show. Thank you for creating an account. We re- seriously, I know, yeah. it's, I know, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but thank you. And it makes a difference, you guys. Yeah. Like, and I, I want you all to know because a lot of our favorites and a lot of our long times, a lot of our the people that support this show are here. There are big changes coming to the show. Yeah, and you guys have done a phenomenal job of supporting us, and. As much as things have changed already with the look and feel of this show, big changes are coming in the next. Before football season, probably. Before or right at football season, I think you're going to see some dramatic things happen on this show. So we couldn't have done it. We couldn't do anything that we're doing now without you guys. So we really appreciate guys like Cohen Wiley uh, opening a YouTube account. Appreciate you. Asler says morning, uh, right there. Even it's evening in my country. Asler, where are you? Don should be more motivated because the, uh, front office chose to build with him over Rudy. Yeah, no doubt about well, it. And I think if you're Donovan Mitchell, I think again, this is speculation. I think it's always important to say, this is my opinion, but I think if I'm Donovan Mitchell, you know, with the lack of respect that I get, that's already a motivating factor. By the way, should it not be motivating to Donovan Mitchell that two seasons in a row, he got bounced from the playoffs on a last shot that wasn't in his hands? First by Boyan and by Mike Conley before that. Like, there are moments with this prior team where where he wasn't prioritized, and I think that's changing as well. Yeah, I, I think I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I honestly, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Gene Streams Gamer says, "I love those fresh kicks you're posting on your IG, Boss Monty." Okay, there's first boss you drop got, of the you day. You got a boss on YouTube. How I are did. you so good at it? I, I, hey guys, know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I am. I'm approaching 175 pairs of shoes, and I need to really slow down. Um, cause I'm out of room, frankly, the <coughs> shoe room is full. I, I am, uh, and you'll see it on my Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, uh, and you see my uh, Instagram handle on the screen, I'm rocking a fresh, fresh pair of 2017 Air Max today. They're blue with black fade. Ooh. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. They are, uh, they are nice. Uh, Spencer Morgan says unsettled. Yeah. I couldn't think of that word to save my life. Yeah. Unsettled and unnerved. Those yeah. are the two words that, that were used. That's yeah. correct. Uh, doc J says, uh, Brian Windhorst abuses his platform platform the same way he's, a, he abuses subway. Oh, stop doc J. That's wow. That's cool. messed up, bro. Yeah. Tanner says, don't get me wrong. I love Don, but we need to be real about Don. And frankly, he hasn't played in an elite level lately. Well, I would See, agree with fair. that. I, I would agree with that. I think that's a very good point, Tanner. Uh, Hib, good morning. He says, new trendy thing from Jazz fans is to bash Spider because they have trust issues and are scared he wants out. <laughs> I agree. I I totally agree with but, that. But, but this is my point. I don't disagree with that comment. I, I actually do agree with it, too. Why are they scared he wants out? Have you heard anything from Donovan Mitchell? Seen anything from Donovan Mitchell? Don't. Don't just jump to conclusions. Understand the guy is a human being, bro. Yeah. He has friends he hangs out with. Just because he had dinner with Brickley and Butler doesn't mean that he's going to go and play for Pat Riley. Just because he was in the Hamptons with Emmanuel Quickly doesn't mean that he's going to be a Nick. These guys are human beings. They have friends. There's a reason that Donovan Mitchell wants to take batting practice for the Mets. You think he's going to go to the big leagues now? No. He's enjoying his offseason, man. It was a long, stressful, you know, uh, 
heavy season for this team. And I think, you know, when you're Donovan Mitchell and you're a gazillionaire at this point and you're playing basketball for a living, I'd be on private jets going to the Hamptons too, man. Like, I totally get it. I just don't think there's any need for this, just this outlandish reaching that happens. You know, I don't think that that we have to do that. I think what we should be doing is saying, okay, what's the deal with the Aiton situation? Where's Kevin Durant going? How does this affect the Utah Jazz? Now we know that Donovan's here. What you know? What what's it going to look like when they add to this roster? Like those are the things that we should be talking about. Not Donovan Mitchell is going to be a Nick because he was in the Hamptons with Quickly. No, and I I I, I would agree with that. And you know what? I I think it's interesting that you have a lot of people. Um, you have a lot of people that that for one reason or another, I think that would like to see Donovan gone. And and I I just don't. I don't get that. Uh, Caleb, good morning to you. Don to the heat, Mont. Send it in. Don to the heat. All right, Caleb. Can't send do it, it bro. In. Can't do I, it. And there were, there were rumors three weeks ago now that uh, Donovan's preferred destination is not the Knicks, that it's the, the Miami Heat. It's not fucking real. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And you can see a lot of the... You can see a lot of the rumors that don't make a lot of sense. Well, the the Nets, there were a ton of rumors last week after the Kevin Durant thing came out that the Nets want to you know team up Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons. Oh, that's right, they're contractually unable to do that. Oh, like they can't. They literally cannot, by rule in the NBA CBA, you cannot have two. Uh, you know, rookie exception extensions on your roster at the same time. That were not your guys. Oh, we, for- yeah. we forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, Jordan uh, Beckerill. Hope I'm getting that right, Jordan. Tips us $5 today. Thank you. Donovan Mitchell isn't good enough to build your team around. Need to shop him to a top bidder. See? All right, well, let's that's talk about take. that. Fair take. Fair take. See, yeah. I can get down with that. Let's talk about that. What is Donovan Mitchell lacking right now in his game? I think there's no question the weaknesses in Donovan Mitchell's game are two two things significantly. Defense, he's got to show that he's a more wanting, willing, able defender. And he's got to be dominant in the mid-range game. Plain and simple. If he does that, there is no doubt you can win a championship with Donovan Mitchell. If he's not going to defend, he's no different than Luka Doncic. Yeah. He's no different than any of these other guys who are wonderful offensive players, but they won't defend. Trey Young. Trey Young. Very good example. Donovan Mitchell has all the tools in his bag. We need to see the three ball. We need to see the mid-range domination. And we need to see his ability to drive and kick or drive and dunk. That's what you you I know that's there. We've seen the mid-range game. We need to see it on a regular basis now for Don to take that next step. Mm -hmm. But we need to see him play defense as well. And I think you will. I think Donovan Mitchell understands um, that you've got to do that. And and in the comments, I'm curious what you guys, what you guys think, like, where, where, what is it that you want to see from Donovan? Uh, Greg Hawkins says, please join the Monty show. Yeah, you should definitely join the Monty show. Yep. You should subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the channel. Please give us a like, thumbs up. Please like. 
Appreciate the $5 tip um, from Greg Hawkins. Jake R., also with a $5 tip this morning, says uh, international players hit their prime early. Americans usually hit their prime at 27, 28. Everyone needs to give Don a break and let him develop. I totally agree with that. Yeah, and I think that totally agree you with know, that. The one thing you said there about his mid-range game that I totally agree with is like he does have a mid-range game, but there's a difference between having the game but then understanding how to apply your mid-range skills into yes. any individual game to control it. Like, if you think about, not that Don's ever going to have the mid-range game that Chris Paul has, or the or the mastery of it, probably, for a while. Yeah. But if you look at Chris Paul, an aging player that still can dominate a game because he knows how to control pace. Yes. And that's one of those things that I think Donovan has to learn. It's a learned skill. You don't just roll out onto the floor and know how to do that. But the other thing, to do that, you got to have guys around you that the defense respects, yeah. which is now what he should have. Doug says, do we still have Hassan White? Hassan! We do not. Yeah. He is a free agent. Although some people believe they will bring him back. We'll see. Um. I have my doubts about that. Uh, Asgill says, when will when was the last time a non-Curry finals team was led by a player shorter than 6'5", though? Uh, the Phoenix Suns? Yeah. Um, certainly the Phoenix Suns with Chris Paul. Um, you know, I, I mean, size is... A, I mean, this is a conversation about Donovan's size. And I think that what he lacks in size, he makes up for in length. Wow. Um, that feels, wow, that was man. That I mean, was. What, see, uh, what, are we clear on that? Well, I had wow. That, I but um, <laughs> um, you know. Wow, wow, wow. That got awkward. Wow, that got awkward. Okay. James Knight. In recent seasons, I've noticed when things aren't going well late in games, he develops an injury, like uh, to call it a. I like to call it a loser's limp. I don't know. I think that's an awfully serious allegation to make. Yeah. When you're when you're accusing somebody of faking injuries, I mean that's your opinion certainly, and I, you're entitled to it, James. Um, I would not co-sign that. I think Donovan Mitchell is a guy that battles. It is very frustrating to see him deal with what he dealt with against Memphis, um, with the ankle that ultimately undid them, in my opinion, against the Clippers. Mm -hmm. I think that's a different series if Don is a hundo p. Um, this year with the legs against Dallas. But let's not forget that Rudy sat out against Ma uh, against the Mavericks in what was one of the most important games of the regular season for them. He did. And was likely able to play by he all did. reports. And so. that's the infamous Don against the bench game as yeah. well. So, um, you know, I, Mike wants to know why we constantly talk about Andy Larson. I, I don't know. Listen, it's not a constantly talk about Andy Larson. And everybody's sending me this podcast he was on yesterday. I got four people DMing me um, this podcast that Andy was on where he talks about, um, you know, that he thinks Donovan wants to leave. And, um, you know, that he, T-Dot, my guy T-Dot sends me this Jake Fisher podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't listen to Jake Fisher's podcast, frankly. I'm sure I'll listen to it. I don't care. Um, but we're... He apparently is talking about how Donovan is going to leave and they should trade him. And What basis do you have? I don't know. And the issue is, listen, again, I don't know Andy Larson personally, and I want to make that very clear. Andy's told people that I make it personal and that he hates me. And, hey, that's cool, man. I'm talking about Andy Larson's work, period. You're the beat writer for what's supposed to be the largest paper 
in Utah, the Salt Lake Tribune. You you got called out by Donovan Mitchell for making up what he was talking to the Dallas bench about. You made it up. Straight up. You straight up fabricated it. And then you come up with this wild conspiracy theory that frankly took off nationally about how he was he was leveraging the Jazz and that he was going to force them into hiring Johnny Bryant through Woj and his agent, and they're all represented at CA. It's just complete garbage. Mm-hmm. Guy, you're well, it's disrespectful is what it is. Well, no, what it is is disrespectful to the to the profession. Yeah. Andy, it's disrespectful to the profession. You lack professionalism. You're a fanboy. You are not a journalist. Yeah. And when you're a journalist and you have integrity and standards, you don't make stuff up about Donovan Mitchell or anybody else. You, there's there's no difference between plagiarizing a story or fabricating a story. Those are equally damning. And you've done it not once, at least twice. At least twice. And no repercussions. No accountability. And it's frustrating as hell. I come from a town in Chicago where the media holds people to account. And again, I talked to a guy yesterday who asked a very salient point about the media in this town. Hey, well, with all the people that pretend to cover the jazz, how come nobody's asked Donovan Mitchell these questions? How come it will? I had a guy yesterday, a national, national guy that I am very good friends with say to me, how come nobody asked Will Hardy about Rudy Gobert? And the explanation was, well, because they told us the trade's not official, we can't ask about Rudy Gobert. The hell you can't. You can't ask about, hey, what's your plan for Donovan Mitchell? You can't ask Danny Ainge or Ryan Smith, how's your relationship with Donovan Mitchell? How is it that you're a local media that doesn't talk to Donovan Mitchell at least a couple of times a summer? How is it that you're not talking to Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith on a regular basis? You've had multiple opportunities. Mm Mm-hmm. Multiple opportunities. And listening to the the gangbang with Will uh, Will Hardy the other day, the one guy I give credit to is Eric Walden. Because Eric Walden actually reformulated a question. I believe it was Eric Walden who reformulated a question to try and ask about Rudy Gobert. I don't care. I don't fucking care if they tell you you can't talk about it. I don't care. Yeah, it's not up to them. The Jazz don't run the newspaper, Andy. You do. The, the Jazz don't cover the Jazz, Andy. You do. Mm-hmm. Ask the question. Ask the question. That's what. That's why. And you, I am passionate about media accountability of teams or lack thereof. And well, yeah, but I am very passionate about the fact that the media, specifically in this town, doesn't hold anybody accountable, and it, it it's it's a disservice to the team and to the fan base. How was Donovan Mitchell in his exit presser not asked, "Hey, well what are you moving forward? Where are you at with the organization? Like is is it your intention to stay and go through the, go through a a, a retool it, or 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 is it your intention to explore all your options?" How was yeah, that, that not asked? I don't know. Like I can think of so many situations where you just you just don't have the relationship. The Quinn Presser was the was the most glaring one to me. How is Quinn Snyder not asked? Well, hey, 
what how bad was it in the locker room like like how bad did it get between Rudy and Don you know like any type of question like that make them say yeah you know we're not we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that why the hell is Bill Belichick such a legend in pressers why do you think that is because he's not getting asked questions look at major market media yeah look at New York City and the Knicks yeah you have a guy that runs that team Leon Rose who has not met with the media in six months so the media went after him and what do you know? Leanne Rose did a presser. Wow. Because the media in New York holds people to account. The media in Chicago, you look at, and this is the, the issue here in Salt Lake, honest to goodness, and not that we should probably be delving into this, but here's the issue in, 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 in Salt Lake. The issue is that your media is owned by the church and the teams. So there is a narrative that is driven and whatever the, the 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 narrative is from the team in the church, that's what gets out. Yep. So when you have KSL, owned by Bonneville, owned by the church, that owns now the zone, 1280 the zone, and leases it, manages it. They don't own it, but they manage it for Ryan Smith and the Jazz. So now the largest radio station is essentially run by the church, right? And Ryan Smith controls the narrative. And the church controls the narrative. Mm -hmm. So you have that sphere happening. You have ESPN 700 that's married up to the Utes. And you have no other media. You have no other media. How is the best jazz coverage behind a paywall at The Athletic that I subscribe to because I don't subscribe to the Salt Lake Tribune anymore? The best coverage of the jazz is The Athletic. Frankly, Tony Jones. Of the writers, Tony Jones at The Athletic, it's not close. It's not close. And that's why I say, and I know Andy, Andy Larson watches this show. I know he does, whether he wants to say it or not. So, Andy, I'll talk directly to you. Do you understand the position that you're in? Do you understand you're the beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune? Do you understand that when you make stuff up or you, you, my guess is you have this fear of missing out on being relevant. I don't know. But when you do what you're doing and you refuse or you just don't have the chutzpah to ask the right question, it, it, it leaves a massive gap in the market. Andy, what you don't understand is that you are incredibly important to this town. And I don't think you understand that responsibility. I don't think you understand it. And what you're getting run circles around by the athletic, Tony Jones. I mean, just running circles around you because you won't do the job. And I don't understand that. I don't understand if, it, are you scared? Are you insecure? I don't know. But again, the specific reason we talk about this so often is because the Jazz are calling us. Pissed off. They're calling us. We didn't go to the Jazz and say, hey, can we get a comment on this? Two years ago, when we when we came back to Salt Lake City, going on two years ago now, they started calling us. That's how difficult it is. Like BYU is a great example. Yeah. I, I happen to have just met the right people at the right time when I worked here in 2014. It, 
2013-2014, I left October 1st of 2015. I maintained my relationships at BYU and was texting people and and the guys I talked to, I talked to three guys at BYU and they all say the same thing. They all say the same thing. Oh, we totally understand what the Jazz are going through <laughs> with the media. Like it's at that level yeah. of frustration. Okay, I will stop. Let me uh, what let are me the people get your saying? let me get your comments in here. Uh, let's see. Hullabilly says shout out to Tony Jones. I have a lot of respect for Tony. Yeah. If you watch this show, I think you know that. I read him on a daily basis. Um, Dax uh, Kiger K I G E R Kiger says Tony Jones is the real deal. I would agree. Rec One says that's how Rudy revived so much support despite his limited performances. Yeah, the media here was a big supporter of Rudy Gobert's, and why is that? Because he talks to the media. Yep. He talks to the media on a regular basis. It's he, easy. Behind the scenes, away from practice, you can text Rudy. You can, on a regular basis, you can talk to him. And Donovan is a guy that's a little more private and a little more protective. He has got, because I think Donovan doesn't trust the media. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I understand and, that. And that's a really important, I think that's a really important thing to touch on super quick. Trusting the media doesn't, like for players, typically doesn't mean they trust you because you're nice to them. That's not what trust is in the player-media relationship. Trust is, hey, I know you're going to ask me the, the questions that need to be asked. Yes. But they're proper questions. Yes. They're logical questions that make sense that need to be asked, even if they're uncomfortable. Donovan Mitchell, hey, dude, where are you at with the organization right now? Are you, are you Team Utah Jazz or are you Team Go Explore All Your Options? Why? That should have been asked already. There should like there should have been yeah. a media outlet pushing to get that. And we've asked. We have asked repeatedly to get an interview with Donovan Mitchell. So don't think we're not asking because we are. But we're not. We don't have the Salt Lake Tribune label. We don't have ESPN 700 or 1280 The Zone. We don't have that luxury. Yeah. So I'm just telling you, that's what trust looks like. It's not about easy. It's about the right question. I just don't think that when you're, and I've been in this position, when you're doing the job, I don't think you understand how important your job is. Honest to goodness, I don't think people like Andy Larson understand how integral he is to the the accountability factor with the Jazz. Mm -hmm. I just don't think I don't. I'm I'm guessing Andy cares, and again, I don't know Andy personally, but I just my guess is that Andy Larson doesn't understand his responsibility. That that it just that's that's a that's a complete guess. I don't I don't know if that's true or not. Um, let's see. Canes 1989. Does it make sense for Donovan Mitchell to stay with the Jazz if they already traded his teammate? Yeah, it does. Because I think his teammate in, in Rudy Gobert was holding up a championship in Salt Lake. Yep. I do. Yep. Um, Paul Edwards. Thank you for holding them accountable. I appreciate it. Fans are scared of the future because trusted writers don't have good reasons to be excited. Tony Jones tells what the truth is in front of him. Yes, I would agree with that. Agreed. I would agree with that. Scott Howard says, I'm a Don supporter, but a lot of people of these constant rumors on him, I think he's like he likes the attention. He has not convincingly squashed rumors. He has mainly stayed quiet about it for months because nobody asks him to. <laughs> nobody. When have you seen Donovan Mitchell do an interview lately? And trust me when I say we have asked repeatedly, repeatedly through the club and through his agents. We have asked repeatedly for, hey, give me a five-minute phone call. Hey, off the record, hey, are you going to be here or there? Let's, you know, 
I and I I'll just be honest with you. Like I've I've asked. I've said, hey, you're going to Las Vegas Summer League. Give me five minutes. Let me let's we, unrecorded, just you and me standing and talking. Hey, you know what? Can I get five minutes with you after the game? Hey, can I come and meet you after shoot around? Hey, and you get nothing. And I think Donovan prefers it that way. I think Donovan Mitchell does not trust the media. And can't frankly, I, I don't know why I would. Yeah, can't say I blame him. You know, I, I don't know why I would. Uh, one says, from your informed perspective, do you think Donovan is truly loving Utah and the Jazz? I think he appreciates the Jazz as a good sports organization. For the rest, I don't know. I think Donovan Mitchell likes living in Utah. I do. I actually think he likes playing for the Jazz. I think the biggest issue for Donovan, as it's been explained to me, is that he does not feel comfortable um, in his own skin sometimes talking about things like critical race theory. Um, the conversation that came up about him wanting to meet with lawmakers did not go well. Yeah. Did not go well. Donovan cares about his community. Donovan is a guy that is a, a if you follow Donovan on social, he's a passionate New Yorker. Um, he enjoys going to Mets games. He enjoys being in Bridgeport. He enjoys, he enjoys New York. Mm -hmm. And I think if the community would embrace him, I think he would enjoy Salt Lake City a lot more. Yeah. I truly do. Yeah. I truly, truly do. And, you know, uh, let's see. Uh, Ruben, Ru Rubney, R-U-B-N-E, says, uh, drop 38 in an upset series win against MVP Russ, rookie season. Yeah, he can easily be an alpha. Donovan Mitchell scoring the basketball is not the issue. Yeah, he he's has a multiple, savage. multiple 50-point games savage. in the bubble. Like, I, I have no problem about, I, I have no problem at all about that. I just, I don't think that's a question at all. Yeah. He can absolutely do that. Um, let's see. Uh, again, Rubney says, nah, that's cool, man. I just think he can reach higher peaks. I agree. Uh, Asler says, Don hates the media because of very nonsense rumors uh, came on random sports reporters and writers. By the way, I'm in, I'm in Clarkson County. Oh, you're in the Philippines. I'm assuming. Yeah, and there's a flag there. That's a Philippine yeah. flag. Yeah. That's cool. James Knight says, you don't seriously think Donovan Mitchell is going to provide running commentary on his intentions through the media, good or bad. Do you? No. And Donovan Mitchell shouldn't say, oh, I hate Utah. I want out. Donovan Mitchell. It, it, and let's, let's the what if game. Let's pretend that Donovan Mitchell is asked for a trade. If he's asked for a trade, he's handled it perfectly because he hasn't gone through the media he hasn't done it on social media and it hasn't gotten out. So, Donovan Mitchell is a private guy who likes being private, and I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. I have no problem with that. I covered a guy named Kobe who was very much the same way. Yeah. But the difference was when I asked Kobe to stand in a, a hallway at Staples Center and give me five minutes of his time, he did. And we had open, honest discussions about X, Y, or Z. You know, like Donovan Mitchell, the issue that I think Donovan has to kind of understand is that you need guys in the media. Yes. You need people who you can text and say, hey, man. It's a leverage point. Yeah. I need to, hey, hit me up real quick. And you or, wouldn't do that through your agent and then go to Woj to do no, that. No, you wouldn't. You, you wouldn't. That, and that's the other part about that whole CAA conspiracy theory. That is the stupidity level on that. It is just, amazing. That's just not how it works, dude. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, you guys are awesome. Give us a thumbs up right now, please. It really helps the channel grow. Um, one round left uh, before we move on to Danny Ainge. Old media is just pulling out tactics to try and push down to a larger market. I, I think I think the that largely there are people in the media here. And again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names because I don't know it to be fact. 
I think there are people in the media here who don't like Donovan Mitchell because he does not give them service. Yeah. He does not. Like Andy Larson, I mean, Donovan has called him out repeatedly on Twitter. I mean, multiple times on Twitter. Mm -hmm. He has said that's like with the bench thing in Dallas. I mean, Donovan went, went after him on Twitter. Yeah. The idea it that kind of ugly. The idea you have to go after him on Twitter is crazy to me. It's crazy to me. How do you not go to Donovan and ask him that before you tweet it? Not like, oh, because you don't have a relationship. That to me is what that is. So, uh, all right. I want to talk about Danny Ainge real quick because then we got to get to a couple other stories. Um, do you trust Danny Ainge to rebuild the Utah Jazz? I do. I, I, I think that Danny... The one thing that you can get out of that 2013 Celtics experience is, well, they won a championship and then he cut and they rebuilt and they haven't won a championship since, frankly. But Danny Ainge isn't the guy who just hangs out and, and hopes for 50 win seasons. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that that understands good is the enemy of great and that he wants to be great. This is Danny's last ride. I hope people understand that Danny Ainge isn't looking, you know, down the road because the road is, I mean, there is no road. This is it. This is Danny Ainge's last job. Mm -hmm. And I think he, he one knows that. I think Ryan Smith knows that. And I think Danny Ainge wants to win. And I think he wants Utah and the Jazz and Utah Jazz fans to have a championship. So yeah, I trust him implicitly. Yeah. And I think he's got a proven track record. And, and, and I think that, again, I just... The rebuild versus retool conversation and, and do you trust him to do that? Yeah, I unequivocally trust Danny Ainge to build a roster. I, that's what the guy does for a living, dude. That's what he always has done. He's uh, very good at it. You know, I, I think he's completely competent at doing what he's being asked to do. I think the conversation around is it a rebuild or retool is a fascinating one, but I don't personally, in my opinion, think that his actions suggest a rebuild. I just don't. Like, I think that that you had to move that Rudy money like it wasn't optional. This wasn't like, oh, well, money's great and everything's fine and we're not paying luxury tax, so let's keep Rudy. No, that's not the case. No. You were paying luxury tax. Money wasn't fine. The value was too much for what you weren't getting on the floor. You that's were not right. a championship contender. You got to move them. Well, and think about it this way. Look what the Minnesota Timberwolves did. They invested $100 million a season in two centers. Two guys, Carl Anthony Towns, who they're going to bump down to power forward, mm -hmm. and Rudy Gobert, I think in 2024, 2025, they will make $100 million combined. Yeah. My God. Are you kidding me? It's a choice you made. That's a ton of money. Now, if it doesn't work out, you can pretty easily trade Carl Anthony Towns, but I'm not building teams around centers. Not right now in this league. I'm not, and I absolutely trust Danny Ainge. I think Danny Ainge will bring, will bring a championship to Salt Lake City because he's acutely aware that you don't build championships around centers right now. Yeah. That may change. And I actually think the 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 secular nature, you know, the cyclical nature, excuse me, of the NBA will bring big men back. But it's not right now. Yeah, we're not in the Shaq Tim Duncan era anymore. No, we're bro. not. No, we're not. So I think and you look at this Rudy Gobert trade, Danny won the Rudy Gobert trade. Yeah. I mean, by a lot. And I think I think it was brilliant. And I think and the other thing you need to remember is we're not we're not done seeing Danny Ainge make trades. 
Danny Ainge is going to improve this roster. That's the other thing, like the Mannix podcast. Yeah. So I know you listen to it as well. Yeah. The Mannix podcast, Chris Mannix basically said, yeah, but they, they're not good. They're not a playoff team. So they're going to trade Donovan Mitchell. And, Do yeah. you really think this is the finished product? Do you think when training camp starts, this is the roster they're going to training camp with? No. Get out of here. Like, I think you have to understand that Danny's not done doing what he's going to do. This is, okay, I'm going to say this again. The Kevin Durant situation has a massive impact on the Utah Jazz. It has put the brakes on trades in the NBA. Everything. Until that situation gets clarified. And I think it gets clarified in the next 10 days. I think it's going to happen at Summer League. Because a ton of business gets done at Summer League. Yeah. I don't know how which many people realize sense. that. I mean, which makes sense. I mean, everybody's there, you know, scouting and developing yes. and evaluating and doing their job. So people are going to have conversations in, in hallways outside of the locker room or, or at Mastro's in the, in the, in the treehouse. Like, you know, like things are going to get done. I wouldn't be surprised at all, man. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think, Yeah. I don't know. I trust Danny. Spencer Morgan says, wait, what, Monty? So now it's a rebuild? I think from this point where you're at right now forward, you're building or rebuilding or, you know, you can call it as you like. Well, let's um, define it, though, because to me, rebuild is you're tearing the whole thing down. Like, for this to be a rebuild, you have to trade Donovan Mitchell. That's the standard Well, to me. I mean, if you're going to rip this team apart, you haven't done that yet. And you That's my point. You would have done that yeah. already. Yeah. One, two you're going to build, rebuild, build, whatever. You're going to build back better. Joe Biden's now the, never mind. Um, anyway, my Sleepy point Danny. is you're going to build back better than what you had. Yeah. I trust, maybe that's the way we, sh we should say it. Wait, hang on, hang on. Maybe that's what we should say. Okay, we're we're, we're um, going to edit some graphics you know, here. Let's, <laughs> let's, um, yeah, let's, let's, can I get some, Danny can I get some branding on the screen, please? Uh, to, let's see, let's go. Uh, yep. Okay. We're entering launch codes. Better for, there we go. Okay. Okay. Um, how about that? Let's okay. go. Yeah. How about, there you go. Hey, uh, wait, what? Uh, what? Bro, come on, man. You got to execute here, bro. Danny Ainge to build. Okay. Dude, I don't. I, I trust Danny Ainge. I don't trust you to make graphics there right you now, go. bro. Do you hey. trust Danny Ainge to build back better for the Utah Jazz? <laughs> <laughs> Are you happy now, Spence? Damn it, Spencer. Um, It's not. It, but I, I want to be really clear. <laughs> this is not a rebuild, man. A rebuild, to me, with their current situation would require tearing the whole thing down like being yes. going after the number one overall pick trading donovan mitchell away that would be a rebuild that's not what they're doing yeah i totally agree gabe says i for one am glad utah sports media is bad at what they do more subscribers for the monty show appreciate that gabe um eventually we're gonna mail your ps5 out maybe Damn. maybe um dax uh kiger says uh, donovan might be best having social media conversations rather than face to face maybe he is maybe he is it doesn't excuse the fact that he hasn't done an interview. Yeah. And I'm not indicting Donovan. I'm saying that he hasn't been given a chance by somebody to to set the record straight. I think he he doesn't trust a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that when you burn the bridge with Donovan Mitchell, it, there's no rebuilding. Yeah, there's no There's no back. building back better with Donovan Mitchell <laughs> on the bridge. There really isn't. Rec one, I think you couldn't uh, expect anyone better for this job than Danny Ainge. Totally agree with that. Uh, Neville 93 says, yes, I trust that old man. Okay. Uh, Jake R says, anybody else realize that the Jazz haven't introduced any of the acquired T-Wolves players? Well, we yes. talked about this in our vaunted pre-show half-asleep meeting last night. 
We were actually talking about the fact of why haven't they even on social media? Why haven't they even had a presser? Because there's another move coming. Breaking I think news. They're going to flip. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. According to national sources, they're going to release Patrick Beverly. Right. Another ridiculous concept, Stop. dude. Um, I think they're going to flip Pat Bev and some of those picks. Um, I, I know for a fact, again, yesterday I was told by jazz sources that they absolutely are still engaged, uh, with the Phoenix suns. I mean, I think, I think there's a couple other teams that are making serious pushes, yeah. uh, for Deandre Ayton without question. I'm not confident enough, um, and haven't been able to confirm enough to name those teams, but I can tell you right now that there are other teams that are pushing the Phoenix suns for Deandre Ayton. Um, and I think if you are the... If you are the Brooklyn Nets, you better make that Kyrie trade sooner than later. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, I'm taking a loss on Kyrie because I need to move on. Yeah. And if I can get Russell Westbrook and either buy him out or have him on an expiring deal, I'm doing that. Yeah. By the way, is anybody surprised that James Harden still is not a member of the Philadelphia 76ers? Waiting for moves to happen. There are a lot of moves out there. And I will say this about DeAndre Ayton. I don't know that there's an appetite in this league anymore from what I've been told to give him a max deal. I think there are teams competing to trade for DeAndre Ayton. I am not convinced that there are teams out there competing to give him a max deal. Those are two very different scenarios. Yes, they are. DeAndre Ayton right now is a restricted free agent with the Phoenix Suns. And much to Jake R's point, People are not announcing deals they've made because I think they're not done making deals. DeAndre Ayton wants a max extension. And I think you're going to have a hard time getting that. And I also think that DeAndre Ayton, before he wants a trade, wants to be able to negotiate an extension with the team he's going to. And I think the the pool of DeAndre Ayton max contract teams is very small if there's even any. Yeah. Because Danny Ainge, in my opinion, is not going to give DeAndre Ayton a max extension. He's not. And I think DeAndre has a lot of proving to do. So, you know what, Jake? I think that's a very good question. Yeah. That is a very, very good question. Uh, Nick says, Danny, yes. Don't know about Ryan yet. Indicators so far are questionable. I don't know what restrictions Ainge has. Well, from what jazz sources have told me, Danny Ainge is doing what Danny Ainge wants to do. And Ryan pretty much has said that. And Danny, when he wants to trade Rudy Gobert, they have a conversation about it. And as I was told... By Utah Jazz sources, mm-hmm. Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith agreed back in the fall that you needed to move Rudy Gobert's contract if you were going to win. And then when Danny took the job, um, from what I understand, there was another conversation confirming that he would be able to do that. Hey, look at me. And Danny was not able to get that done. It was close at the trade deadline, but they weren't able to get it done at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And Danny, at the end of the season and their end of season meetings, Danny and Rudy Gobert had that conversation where Rudy said, I want to be here. I love Salt Lake, but if there's another situation that you can move me on to, let's let's explore that. Danny got the deal done. And by the way, <clears throat> I probably undersold the lead. The Bulls and the Jazz, according to league sources, had a deal done. They had a deal in principle for Patrick Williams, for Nikola Vucevic, for Kobe White, and three future first-round picks. And then the Kevin Durant situation happened, and the Bulls pulled out. 
The Bulls said, no, we're going to wait. Yeah. And then Danny went back to Minnesota, who they had, who had been talking, made the Rudy Gobert deal, went to Ryan Smith and said, hey, I have this deal. And Ryan Smith was like, let's do it. It's a better deal. And they kicked the crap out of Minnesota and they kicked the crap out of the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls should have made that trade. Yep. And thankfully they did not because Danny was able to get a far, far better deal. Now, Minnesota, in my opinion, is a championship contender. They will be in the Western Conference Finals. Everybody stays healthy. And I still, by the way, maintain they're going to trade D'Angelo Russell. I still think that happens. D'Lo. Um, but I think they're a championship caliber team now. So, Nick, it's interesting that you talk about you don't know what Danny's restrictions are. Well, and, and it should be said, Ryan has said repeatedly in press conferences that he's given the keys to Danny. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's said that blatantly. Dax Kiger says Danny will make three key trades in the next 12 months that'll bring the Jazz to a contending level. It won't be before this season. He will make another significant trade before the season. Yeah. He will. My guess is you're going to see a significant deal. You're going to see this roster transformed significantly before the season starts. Once the Kevin Durant thing happens, dominoes will fall. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, BB says he's an am amazing deal maker. Uh, Big Dog O-Town, what's up? I must have pissed you off. What do you mean? What do you mean, bro? What are you talking about? Mark Barrington, people think, people think they'll release Pat Bev just because of previous trades like Derrick Rose and immediately releasing him. I, I don't know where this buyout of Patrick Beverly or release of Patrick Beverly thing is coming from. Danny Ainge is one thing, and that is savvy, which means he's not wasteful. Yeah. He does not just give away uh, assets. Bev has value, bro. A uh, couple of more. Uh, Craig's, Craig's the Bob says, finally, I'm up during a live stream. Craig, good to see you, my man. Uh, Gabe Levely says, uh, Aiton about to sign an offer sheet with Indiana and blow up every KD to Phoenix scenario. Oh, that would be a nut buster. That'd be rough, bro. And 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 I that I, would be I I'm not. <clears throat> I don't think that we can uh, deny that that's a possibility, you know. And I think that this is sort of the art of Danny Aging, if you will. You know, I mean, part of what you do for a living is getting deals done before you know Aiton to Indiana happens. You know, getting on the phone and having that conversation. It's like it's like what yes. you just described with the Bulls in, in the Utah Jazz, like. The Bulls didn't pull that trigger, and now they don't get, have that deal. And that's what I think the art of 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 going to summer league, talking to guys, and getting things done is. And and I and that's why I say it's not just do you trust Danny Ainge to build a contender. It's do you trust Danny Ainge to get the deals done now that would make you a contender now. Steve Clayson, yeah, gives us a twenty dollar tip. Thank you, Steve. And says love the show. Go Cougs. Appreciate you very much. Steve, thank you, bro. Thank you, Steve. That makes a big difference for us. If you'd like to leave us a tip, you can do so at the bottom of the screen there. Jeremy Bolton. Jeremy didn't leave us a tip. He's got like, he's, I think Jeremy has more kids than Elon. Well, uh, Jeremy says, good morning. That was probably a cheap shot, Jeremy. They did buy you a, a, a Caruso jersey. Hey, guys. Jeremy, hi, man. How are you? Good to see you. <laughs> Welcome this to the show. <laughs> Thanks for getting out of bed. Uh, Spencer Morgan says, if that Bulls deal really was that close and it was the Bulls that pulled out before the Jazz went to Minnesota, that is the most solid indication to me that Jazz are in a retool posture versus rebuild. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, my sources usually are not wrong. I don't generally report things. If you look at our track record, especially the last two years. Again, it's all on YouTube. We haven't missed much. And as it was explained to me, the Bulls and the, the Jazz had been battling back and forth over Pat Williams for a long time. 
So that is significant. Um, again, appreciate y'all being here again. Steve Clayson, thank you so much. That's a huge deal for us. Uh, look forward to talking BYU uh, with you. Caleb, uh, last one on this says, my friend who is a Celtics fan says, Danny Ainge loves picks. I'm happy with having him in Utah. That Gobert trade was fruitful. Yes, it was. Well, I think the thing, the, yes, the reason you love picks is because it brings you leverage. I mean, you having having the draft capital is a cherry on top of any deal, and, and that's why the Minnesota deal was so good. It's not even really about the players, even though I really like Malik Beasley, I really like Jared Vanderbilt, and I really like the value you can get for flipping Pat Bev. Like, I like what he got there but the picks are what really allow you to get involved as a third team in a Kevin Durant situation if yeah. we're being honest yeah I, I would agree with that I think it's one of those things where you have to you have to understand what wins in this league right now and if you look at all the deals that have gotten done they've all been pick steals so I think that's I think that's a really important matter of discernment point of discernment I think that's huge uh real quick a couple of things um Jake listen man you know yeah um, you know I have great affection for you, right? Like, but well, why are you lying? I mean, there's no, there's that's not true. This is a tough morning for Jake. It is. Um, it really is. It's 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 rough. I mean, I I don't know, and maybe you guys just cuddled. Uh, maybe you guys um hugged it out. How's Chet this morning after? He's <laughs> he's one of the worst players ever drafted. I mean, I I don't know what they were looking at. This guy, this guy is seven feet tall in a wiry frame. I mean, I, I just don't know how dude was number two overall. I mean, he clearly sucks. Oh, man, you're, you, you know. I'm kidding. I I'm mean, a huge Chet Holmgren fan. No, I mean, you knew what you were getting into. I'll say that. You knew what you were getting into. And by the way, I have to say I was incredibly entertained watching Kenny Lofton Jr. go into full-on, I'm going to beat your ass but, under the but, basket mode. But that's your boy. It is my boy. Kevin, Buddy's got to lift some weights. Let me single up on this because yeah, there's two yeah, guys can, in can the we, show. Can we get can we the get, sellout yeah. Kevin Durant? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Ring Chaser? I like your face. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. then what about over your other shoulder? Oh yeah. The newest the newest Carolina Panther for almost a rack of football. <laughs> right here. You see that? Yeah, bro. I mean I just got oh, sellout after sellout over here, man. That's amazing. Yeah, dude. That is that is yeah. Um, yeah. You know? <laughs> you had a very, very, very difficult day <laughs> yeah. yesterday, man. You know, like it is um, you know. Honest to God. What did not, you think of what did you think of Chet Holmgren last night? I think that you know, obviously, uh, it doesn't take a, a a physicist to understand that Chet Holmgren. I'm sorry, did you yeah, say a it physicist? Doesn't take, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that Chet Holmgren might want to put on some muscle onto that frame. Um, he's not he's not going to be able to bang with the guys like Kenny Lofton Jr. I mean, that's just not he's not going to be able to defend that. Um, but what troubled me a bit more, I have to be honest, is not even that he struggled to defend what Kenny was doing, but that there was no bounce back on the offensive end. That's what bothered me. Like, I understand, like, even the greats, even Michael, Kobe, even Kevin, like, all these guys go through adversity on the defensive end. It happens to the best of them. But the conversation isn't, hey, you're getting your ass beat on the defensive end. Right. The conversation is, what are you going to do on the offensive end to counteract that and prove a point? That was my issue. Chet looked tired. 
He looked uninterested. He he, he just, looked tired, bro. Yeah, like he, he just, looked tired. There was no bounce back, and that's something. That's an intangible. Not that I'm concerned about it. It is summer league. Oh like, wait, that's right. Caleb was at the game last night. Oh, were you? Caleb said Lofton out here doing work for Memphis. What did you think? What did What did you see with Chet in in like commercial breaks? You know what? Like, you know what I saw out of Chet. I saw Lofton's ass. Just so you can go to Pound Town. That is a big, thick dude. Yeah, dude. Buddy but did you bench. see that that step back three? He's a yes. lefty. Did you see it that was step back three? He can shoot it, and that's what I'm saying. He is an underdog. He is. He is before. He got the summer league and was drafted. I've been saying this is this is Zach Randolph 2.0. And this guy can shoot the three. He's got the right mentality. He wants to end you, and that's what I Giggity, like about him. Giggity says Chet needs to be careful of someone opening a door in the arena. The draft might blow him off the court. <laughs> <laughs> Chet weighs like 30 pounds. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I, it's a problem, you know. And, and I think – and we talked about this on draft day – his long, the long-term viability of that body and staying healthy hey. is going to be decided by him. Seriously, by so, him strength training, man. We're up at Harmon's last night um, in the Mountain View Village, right? Uh, like off a of Mountain View corridor, right? And um, there's a lady in produce who is like, you know, those awkwardly thin human beings. Yes. And I'm like, damn, that's like Chet Holmgren. That's Chet Holmgren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My wife's like, who's Chet Holmgren? Fat. Who's, who's Chet Holmgren? I don't know who Chet Holmgren is. Who names their kid Chet? Well, it's Chet Holmgren. Who the hell is Chet? It's Chet Holmgren. Oh, Chet. Oh, let's go. Could we go with um? Could we go with Keegan or <laughs> Joseph or Marcus uh, or or Timothy? Now let's let's go with Chet. Chet. We're gonna name our baby boy Chet. The rock attack. Oh, hey, we gotta tilt the camera down. Hey, Mrs. Monty. Tilt the camera down. Hey. Build Chet, back when better. You, when you don't wanna call them Rhett, because there's too many R's already in the family, you go for Chet. Chet, like Cheetle, uh, yeah. Kevin, um, Joe. Um, you know. Um I don't know. James Knight says, Don't stress my man Josh Giddy has uh Chet's back. Josh yeah, a lot Giddy's of people good. saying that Josh, Josh Giddy shouldn't good. be playing in the summer league. You got to remember, he's 19 years old, man. He absolutely should be playing summer league. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Caleb says Chet needs to stay in the gym his entire rookie season. For yeah, but, sure. Right? Like, dude needs to bench. Like, he needs <laughs> to lift weights, man. Jeremy says, "I bet Chet's brother's name is Brody." Yeah. Hey, hey bra. This is my brother Chet. I'm Brody. Do you even lift? I'm Brody, bra. <laughs> You know, wasn't Boy, there a guy, wasn't there a yes? What do you mean? No. Chet's brother's name is Chip. Chip and Chet. Yeah, as you can see there's Chip not much hope Chet. for you left. No, what about Chip and Dale? Wow. Um, wow. Wasn't Brody, a, no. A, oh no, Hobie was a guy on the, what was the lifeguard show? Um, with Pam Anderson. Baywatch? Baywatch. Yes, Baywatch is a great <laughs> show. By the way, Mrs. Monty got her hair done yesterday. Looking awfully light these days. <laughs> All right, we need. Uh, mm, yeah, bring uh, it back. It was Hobie, by the way. The Hobie. kid's name was Hobie, Hobie. on the show. It Ho was Hobie, Hobie or Floby? Ho yeah, Hobie used a Floby move. Then he got addicted to mm. heroin, and now he's in jail. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of in jail, okay, yeah. that was a terrible. No, that was a horrible that was transition. That was a terrible wow, segue. Wow, bro. I want to talk about wow. Brittany Griner real quick. Um, Brittany Griner was back in a Russian court this this morning overnight for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but. Brittany Griner's wife said something yesterday that really pissed me off. So they had a really cool event in Phoenix yesterday mm -hmm. where they were like, 
doing this event to keep Brittany Griner's plight at the top of everybody's mind, which I thought was a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Right. They, the day before, spent most of the day ripping Joe Biden um, for not doing more. Mm -hmm. And Brittany Griner sent a letter to him that was clearly propaganda, um, that was clearly vetted by the Russian government. And then Brittany Griner's wife rips Joe Biden, who then calls Brittany Griner's wife and says, hey, we're doing everything we can. I read the letter. It's at the top of my mind. This Brittany Griner thing is a serious deal. Yeah. Do you really think Joe Biden isn't doing everything he can to get Brittany Griner out of jail in Russia? Do you really think he has an entire department dedicated to this? Yeah. So for for all of those not in the loop on this, when you start talking about Brittany Griner or the president starts talking about Brittany Griner every single day, what does that do for Brittany Griner? Uh, nothing good. Because that loses leverage. Joe Biden's job is not to make sure that Brittany Griner doesn't have cannabis oil in her luggage in Russia. Now, is that a big deal? No, it's not. When you're a seven-foot black woman who is a multimillionaire professional basketball player in Russia, when you're evacuating the country because they're going to invade Ukraine, probably shouldn't have cannabis oil in your luggage. Thanks. And then when you have a don't forget about Brittany Griner event, you probably shouldn't have your wife say if this was LeBron James, he'd be out of jail already. Because there's a couple of things I think we all know about LeBron James. He's not walking through the airport with cannabis oil in Russia. And the one thing, and I know this probably sounds harsh, Brittany Griner's got to have some responsibility for Brittany Griner. She made a huge mistake. A huge mistake. Brittany Griner's got to understand who she is and where she is mm -hmm. and what she's got in her luggage. Mm -hmm. Because this isn't Texas or Phoenix. It's fucking Russia, bro. Yeah. And you cannot have cannabis oil in your luggage. Yeah. And you can't have your wife calling out the president and then saying if it was LeBron, he'd be out of jail already. Because I got news for you. If it was LeBron, no, he would not be out of jail already. It would be worse. It would be much worse because they would have far more leverage. Yeah. So... Let's let's slow our roll. Let's also give the government the benefit of the doubt. They're doing everything they could do to get Brittany out of jail. But do you want to be the ones who are trying to be on Brittany Griner's wife's timeline to get her home when you have to deal with Vladimir Putin to make that happen? Anyway. I, I completely I, agree. 100%. Okay. How do you feel about that, Mrs. Monty? You know, um... <sighs> I, I disagree to an extent, the, a, a little bit, not a lot, but I I actually was not upset by what um, it's uh, Sherelle. I'm going to say Sherelle Griner what she said. I I guess I empathize. It's a horrible situation. It's a horrible situation to be in. It was a stupid mistake. Yes. Right. But unfortunately, in our country, we don't respect female athletes as much. So well, they go to there that. Go. There you go. So they go to other countries who will pay them and give them, you know, more of an opportunity to make money for what they do. And so Brittany puts herself in Russia and it's not just Russia. There are female athletes go to other countries as well that are, are that are less stable and she made a dumb dumb mistake dumb mistake like yeah. just 
throw everything out. You are evacuating a country. But is there a book on that? Maybe maybe somebody but, gave her advice. But, maybe somebody but, gave her advice that said, hey, throw that out, and she decided not to. See, I, I but look, the, don't the, spin it. Don't spin it. You're you're a again. Remember who this is. I'm guessing you're, that she did it plenty times before, and it was never an issue, and so she just probably didn't think. But do you, but that's not the issue. Smart. That's the issue. The issue is you're a seven foot. Let's be honest about Brittany Griner. She's a massive human being yep. who's black. She's a lesbian and she's a millionaire. And by the way, if anybody thinks the Russians don't track people in their countries from the United States or any other place. They track assets that they can leverage against people all the time. Mm -hmm. So with all due respect to you, Mrs. Monty, I just think it's the, the statement of, you know, it was a mistake. You don't make that mistake. And But your point about LeBron here, LeBron James would have never been there because he's making hundreds of millions of dollars he's a in the U.S. Yes. He's a billionaire. And Brittany Griner is only playing in Russia because we don't pay female athletes any money here. And in Russia, Turkey, the Middle East, Europe, there are yes. high-paying jobs. High-paying jobs. Back in the day in, in Sacramento, when we, when we lived in Sacramento and covered the Kings, um, a nice young lady who you should follow on social media, Chantelle Anderson, oh, went and played in different countries. And all of those girls, I there were multiple yep. WNBA players that played in Russia. And most of them have stories about being threatened. Most of them have stories about being accosted late night in alleys after they came out of a nightclub. So now all they do is leave the hotel or their, their apartment that the team pays for, get in the car, go to the arena, get in the car, go back to your apartment. Because they're too scared to travel the streets, but they're there because their ability to make money is there. So yeah. you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. That yeah. Just a couple of comments yeah. on this because I don't want to dwell on this. Um, a freezy breezy. Um, let's see. Where's your first comment? The stupidity the WNBA always does or says something stupid. I don't agree with that. I think the WNBA is incredibly important in this country, especially for young girls. They have to know that there's more than, you know, dust pans and, and frying pans. Mm -hmm. they, I, I mean, because there's a lot of people in this country who would just rather have them in the kitchen, if you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot of people who will tell you, well, why are you playing softball? Nobody cares. And I actually do care. And I think that's important. Freezy Breezy says she acts like we can just walk into another country and do what we want. There's a lot of people who make that mistake. Frankly, ask yeah. the state of Hawaii what they think about tourists from their own country. Because we as tourists are terrible tourists. We Horrible. Don't, yeah, we don't respect. Giggity says, um, Mrs. Monty is wrong. It's not that we don't respect female athletes as much, but we don't respect all females as much. Well, that's 100% true. But that's a whole other segment. I would agree with that. Um, um, James Knight says, it's called the book of common sense with all due respect to Mrs. Monty. That's easy to say. That's really easy for you to say you're you're not Brittany um, you're not in the position where it's been fine. And I'm sure she was told by people in Russia, hey, hey, it's okay, it's okay. We'll take care of you. You know, we, we, we love you. We'll pay you. And it's been fine. And she made a dumb mistake. I totally agree. It's a dumb mistake. I used to travel with a band and we traveled to other countries and I had to tell the members of the band all the time, don't bring your weed Leave it at home because they don't care and they will arrest you. If they will arrest Paul McCartney, they will arrest you, unknown 
musician. Yeah. Like yeah. leave it at home and don't try to bring it in. But you get reassurances and people are like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then you make the one mistake because Russia is invading another country. And I'm telling you, we're not, although we may not be arresting their oligarchs that are here in our country, we are seizing their assets. We're so, trying to arrest them, but yeah. they're, they're, they're in sovereign countries now where they can hide. Uh, BB says, what is weed sentence in Russia? Well, she's looking at a decade. Yeah. She's looking at 10 years. And, and this was like likely like CBD oil. This was likely like, yeah. you know, maybe it's it's not like she had a, a bag of weed. She it, had cartridges that yeah, had for a vape pen. It's yeah. a, it, they were for cartridges a for a vape pen. Yep. Is what she got caught. And I mean, whether this, or not there was actual THC in there, we'll never actually know. This was know. a nothing burger until they invaded Ukraine. Yep. And that's what it was. Last comment on this is um, is going to go to Giggity, who says, dumb mistake, but also wrong place at the wrong time by Brittany. Yeah, true. Yeah, totally. And the thing that I would say about that is that it was all good, but they knew you had it. Yeah. And they knew they had it, but you had, they knew you had it because they were watching you. They were waiting for their right moment, their moment of leverage when they needed something. And you were in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong contraband. Because yeah. in Russia, if they say it's contraband, guess what? It's contraband and they it's don't contraband. care. And by the way, this isn't a trial. This is a, a, yeah. a parade where eventually the parade's going to end and you're going to get sentenced to 10 years in prison. And then there's going to be a prisoner swap at some point. Yeah. You know, like it just, it it's just. unfortunate, but that's what is going to happen. That's the only way out for Brittany. There's no trial where then they go, oh, okay, yeah. you're actually innocent. No. That's yeah. not going to happen. No, and, and I, I think it's one of those things where, just trying to center you up, it's one of those things where you just can't ever do it. Uh, I oh. really hoop, says new subscriber. I really hoop. Appreciate you, bud. Thanks for being here. All right, let's get to the food portion of the program because there was devastation. And frankly, I want to cry. Well, actually, again, let's just recap the ways that yesterday was a suck fest for Jake. So let's see. Um, your lover, Chet, Hol I mean, your favorite, pl your, um, okay. Chet Holmgren got abused by that ass last night. He did. Final. Yeah, uh -huh. he did. Uh, Chet Holmgren Clinical. got beat. Clinical. Um, so you had to console your boy. Right. Uh, your other boy, Kevin Durant, still hasn't gotten traded. And your yeah, other no, boy, Baker Mayfield, got traded. Yep. By the way, the best part about the Carolina Panthers acquiring Baker Mayfield. Yeah, another USC quarterback washed out. Suck it. Fight off. Anyway, yep. okay, I feel better. Yep. Wow. Uh, yep. But then, but then because they knew you were having a terrible day, Costco announced that they've raised the price of chicken bakes. Fat. They got to offset that they're not raising the price on the hot dog. How, don't you Dude, how say that out loud. How the hell am I even supposed to operate in these conditions? I mean, I, I just don't know how I'm supposed to go on. Cafe 150. Chip. Not anymore. No. Well, the Cafe. hot dog is staying the same. Cafe 399. By raising the price of the Assholes. chicken bake. But the thing is, the, the the reason they'll never raise the price of the hot dog, and you guys probably know this already, but Costco is on the record saying they lose money. And they lose about $3 for a hot dog and a $1.50 hot dog and beverage. Costs them about $3. They lose $3 on mm -hmm. it. But it brings you into Costco. You buy a membership so you can get the hot dog, and they make money on that. So yeah. they only have a $1.50 hot dog deal so that you'll buy other things. Fat. The problem is your favorite Costco food court item is a... Chicken bake. 
Ain't even close. Now it's three ninety nine. Yeah. Now let's be honest about chicken bakes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Not only are you fat, right, but chicken bakes are highly overrated. <clears throat> what? One, you can't comfortably eat a chicken bake. There's a technique. Yeah, but let's be honest. As <laughs> if, you know, as somebody who has about a half extra pound of weight on me, fat on my toe. Right. Um, as somebody who knows how to eat. I don't like uh, take the chicken bake and take it home and let it cool to a perfect temperature where it goes down the gullet and into the hole, down out the hole in like five minutes. What? The no. F- wow. What no, is, no, no, no. What is wrong? Wow. With you? My friends, <laughs> when we get chicken bakes at Costco, we sit down at the table immediately after we get the cocoa. We sit at the table and then we break open the chicken bake and we sear our faces off. Just and so we, you can go to pound town. We, we burn blisters into but our see, mouth trying to enjoy a chicken break. See, that's break, the problem, break, bro. Thing. That's the problem. You got to break that thing. Okay, in wait, half. wait, hang on, everybody, yeah, everybody. Up. Let's Here go. is how Let's you go. eat Technique a chicken bake, chicken bake with Chet Holmgren's least favorite fan. Yeah, yeah. So, so what you do is you get your chicken bake in the cup. You're gonna go to your table. You're gonna open the chicken bake. And you're gonna break it open in half. Then you're gonna go and fill up your drink. So the chicken bake has about two minutes to cool off, and then you're good to go. It's cooled off. You're ready. Okay, wait, I just got to take notes. Yeah, please, take notes. Oh, take note. Yeah, do you want to watch some game tape on how to eat a chicken bake? Come this on. is why. Um, yeah. Mrs. Monty, your favorite Costco food court item. Oh, hands down, it's got to be the um, the ice cream the uh, in the cup. Yeah, but, I, but which one? Because I, my if we're talking ice cream at, at, at Costco, yeah. I like the strawberry swirl on the inside of the cup with then the vanilla ice cream. Oh yeah, just the plain vanilla. No, but but just the plain vanilla, the soft serve plain vanilla. You're, you're not even gonna get the the chocolate vanilla swirl. I can do the swirl, but like it's the it's the plain vanilla. Yeah. I actually think the strawberry with the chocolate ice cream is great, but obviously the number one for us fatties is hot dog and and you know like Minute Maid light lemonade. Yeah. Duh. And I not wish, one. I two. wish they had a vegan. Hot dog, alter, you know, alternative oh, at God. Costco. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. It's true. I wish they did. Do you guys see what I have to deal with? Hey, you want to get a burger? Uh, okay. Do they have garden burgers there? Physiologically, it's a non-starter. Yep. Oh, you guys are going to have brats for 4th of July? Let's see if we can get some impossible brats, too. Empty. Yep. The opposite of full. Like, they're so good, bro. It tasted good. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me. Anyway, you know, the point is. I question it all the time. I so. like Impossible Whoppers, but the, at, at Costco, if they ever raise the price of the hot dog, I'm out. I'm out. The chicken bake is overrated. Frankly. You're not, dude. You're not out if they raise the price oh, of yes, the freaking hot dog. What do I get at Costco get every it. time I go there? You you didn't get one last time? I never and When was the last time that you got one this of their hot dogs? It had to be a burger. month or two? Mo- no, a year at least. I haven't had a Costco hot dog. It has in. not been a year. Look at. Uh, I think it. How long it has it not been? been a year? Keep how it long honest. has it been? It's not been Jay, a year. You're bro. right. Keep two it years. Honest. <laughs> nope. It has been probably a, a couple, couple of months. months. Not no. Not yes. in 2022 have I had a Costco yes, hot dog. No, because until we had those brats the other day, and I know we've talked about this. I've stopped eating processed meat. Like I don't eat lunch meat very rarely. Like I don't. But you're a big fan of meat. Oh, oh, he is. anyway so then there is the consumer satisfaction index the index which says that um according to americans and according to america chick-fil-a is the best fast food restaurant in the country dude come on america here 
Okay. Dude, seriously? So, yes. What, who who they survey? They the it's it's like 100,000 How dumb do you think I am? It's like a huge amount of people. Come on. For the consumer satisfaction index. Who runs and this? The people at the consumer satisfaction index. What do you mean? I'm confused Come on, man. what your question is. <laughs> There's integrity in it. Anyway, oh, just right. can, can you okay, just, just let's go, go with Yeah, me. just go. Um, yeah, just the flow. consumer people love MSG, so let's go for Chick Fil A. Oh, okay. Here we go. I'm I'm sorry to inflict this on you, people. Uh, people like, and it's not close. In fact, the only fast food restaurant in the top ten most popular um, food things, because Trader Joe's is number one. That of, doesn't count. Of all food in the food industry, Trader Joe's has the highest satisfaction level of any food business uh chick-fil-a's number two mm -hmm. and i just want to say what have we come to in this country when chick-fil-a is the number one fast food restaurant in the country so again poor taste that's what we've come that's to. what we've come to seriously but <laughs> but again i asked tanner says chick-fil-a the best fast food restaurant those people are high well, they're probably getting sick off the metal that they get in the bags where the chicken sandwich is in there. Too but bad. If you you can have any fast food you want, Mrs. Monty, what are you getting? I was not ready for this. Okay. Uh, I, yes, American. Okay, are you ready for this? Are you are you ready for this? Greg Hawkins says vegan hot dogs sound really gross. <laughs> okay, that's right. Um, Fat Jesus says love you, Mrs. Monty, but shut your mouth about vegan hot dogs. <laughs> Jesus, don't leave me on this. No, it's over. It's over. Um, you know. No. See, okay. W wait, real quick before we get to fast food. Yeah. Costco pizza is not good. Oh, yes, it is. No, it's yes, not. Yes, it is. No. Yes, it's it not. is. Your dude. bowl in a china shop is coming through. Come dude. Here. No, it's dude, not. Costco pizza is good, bro. No. It no, is. No, it's not. I'm telling you. You know what? Football you know, Sunday. But wait. But you know where the good Costco pizza is? Their frozen cheese pizzas are great. But when you get that, when you get a whole pie from like the the food yeah. court, it's so greasy. It's wow. terrible. You, I find myself putting like paper towels on it. Okay, well I'll give you. You that. know, like I yeah, have, it, I have definitely done that before. Yeah. Where you put paper towels in it to soak up. But you've grease. also here's the other thing though that's the problem now. We yeah. are we are parting company as a family. Um, because Jake is moving in with Chet, um, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. also because Jake has refused now to eat sausage pizza anymore. I'm not a big sausage guy, man. And I know you love you and Caleb love yourself some pepperoni. No, I don't. I don't like pepperoni either. I yeah. I never eat pepperoni. Not but a pepperoni guy. The point is, Straight I cheese. love Costco sausage pizza. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But I don't eat processed meat anymore, so I never get it. Right. Fat. But my point is, um, my point is. When I look at Costco, their pizza is highly overrated. I'm telling you, it's highly overrated. It's you know what I, the problem that I had is with the 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 time of the the cocoa that we can't talk about because YouTube they, hates us. You know what they they reduced your options. Yes, you used to be able to get yes. a veggie the pizza. veggie blend. Yes, yeah, the veggie blend. And then they took away like they took away some of the options. What? What? Casey Finlinson says Sally Struthers out here raising money for check to eat. <laughs> Excellent strategy, sir. Sally Struthers is amazing. Oh my God. Uh, um, Tanner says the Kirkland chicken bakes are amazing. Uh, yes. No, they're not. Yes. No, 
fat. They're not. BB says vegan barf. Hey, that's all right. Yep. Has anybody else watched Bad Vegan on Netflix? I recently watched that this week. What the hell? Not Obviously not. Jeremy Bolton says, I bet you can dip a vegan hot dog in some ranch. You sure can. I bet you can. I bet you can. Um, anyway, the yeah. point is, yeah, yeah. Um, favorite fast food restaurant. Like, what is your Jack in the Box? It's not close. Jack in the Box so. all day. I think so. All day. Jack is the best fast food. Is Cafe Rio fast food? It's fast casual. I love Cafe Rio ch- shredded chicken tacos. Mm-hmm. When there's not a kid coughing up his lungs in front of you. Yeah, I haven't gone to Cafe Rio since then. Yeah, that was kind of a traumatizing experience. Um, but I'm eating so much. I'm eating so much Chipotle right now. Chipotle, riff, two minutes. Damn it. Okay, so Mrs. Monty and I pretty much eat Chipotle every day for lunch. Right. Um, I get a bowl. Sometimes I get chicken. Sometimes I don't. But I get a bowl. She gets a bowl. It's all about the bowl. I'm not eating bread or burrito tortillas anymore. Right. She orders it ahead. I go, pump iron. Right. And uh, because do you even lift? Of course I do. Right. Um, Right. We go to the gym. We work out. We get in the car. We go over to Chipotle. We go through the Chipotle. And then you just stop. Mm -hmm. Um, You know. Ooh. Bro. Bro. Are we focused? No, I'm not. Because Colin Kaepernick is now not investing in the three on three, the big three, which may go out of business. It may not have another event, by the way. Okay. Uh, Anyway. So we go into the Chipotle at the district in South Jordan, and you just sit there for like five minutes, honking the horn, knocking on the window. And finally, the guy is sitting there like sweeping. So I finally just laid on my horn and I yelled and he turned around and then he, he's like, hi. And I'm like, hey, man, sitting here. Karen needs his bowl. Yeah. And so he comes over. And Jake is in his Subaru WRXSTI behind me. I'm in I'm in the Audi. And he's like, okay, what's your name? And I'm like, okay, you know, it's Tim. And, and he's like, okay. Um, he walks away, comes back, has two bags in his hand. and said, by the way, that's Jake behind me. Ooh, I really like his car. I'm like, okay, well, you, you should go ahead and tell him that. Can I have my food now? <laughs> and he, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, bro. And he hands me the bag. Oh, man. Get home. Of course, the bowl is cold. But you don't ever come out of the Chipotle behind me because bro is like, oh, dude, your car. And hey, man, how many PSI go through this that guy's turbo? Like, this guy's like 18. He's a kid. He's a like, kid. He's like, I want to buy like an 06 Subaru. What should I expect? An 06? Yeah. Uh, what's called a Hawkeye. Uh, oh, it's oh, like, oh. A, like an 06 Subaru. And I'm like, dude. I wanted to say to him, I didn't, but I wanted to say your Chipotle salary is not going to pay for all the shit that's going to go wrong on that car. <laughs> and and so, like, we talked for a minute. And then what really got to me, but this is kind of the funny part, I get home, he's giving me the wrong food. He gave me a burrito that, oddly enough, was basically what I got in my bowl, except the guy who ordered this burrito got hot sauce instead of what I usually get. The burrito was good, but just because I was so annoyed about it, I called the guy. And I was like, hey, hey, Gare Bear, I got your food. So when you roll up to Chipotle, tell them, you know, they You gave, called the guy I whose called the order, guy. It, well, whose rifle order it was. Is, is on, on the, the ticket. Receipt. It's on, on the, ticket. the receipt. Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yes. Bank. So yes. I called him. Uh-huh. And, and it was funny. We had a good laugh about it. 
Um, but it just is annoying. It, I I am pretty much at a point where I won't use the Chipotle lane anymore. I just don't think it's a, more efficient. I think it has more problems than it's worth. I, at that time of day, you can walk in and be out of there in probably under, what, like six, seven minutes most times? Like, yeah. I, I, it's just more efficient to me. Yeah. Okay. So Donovan Mitchell apparently tweeted. I haven't seen it yet. And oh, somebody has already sent me the tweet. Here we go. Like, what do you think this means? It's lyrics. Bro. There's like music notes next to it. Bro. Anyway. Okay. So you say it's, you say it is. It's it not is, worth it. It's problematic. And I won't be using it anymore. Mrs. Monty, what is your favorite fast food? You know why I struggle with this? Oh, God. It's because I can't just eat junk anymore. No. Because if I could just eat junk, it would be, you know, chicken fingers, probably from Super Chicks or, you know. What do you guys think of Super Chicks? Good, I but like it's Super expensive Chicks. as fuck. It is expensive, but I yeah. like Super Chicks a lot. Yeah. I do. I, I they're, they're quality of chicken, but... You know what? Their prices will come down. Chicken is so expensive. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's crazy. I'm not even as worried as about the price. I just can't eat it anymore. You know, I can't. In good conscience, it, I struggle to eat it. Like we yeah. we had JCWs for what dinner does that last even night. In good conscience, what do you mean? Well, like when I'm eat, I'm eating JCWs last night. I'm eating this burger, and it it by the way, it was amazing. And I'm like, dude. This is it's red meat. What are you doing? It's charbroiled red meat. What are you doing? Like that's what that's when I say in in all conscience. Yeah. yeah. I can't eat it because I know it's bad for me. Yeah. It's not great for me. I should have got a chicken sandwich. I didn't want to go back to Chipotle. So what I really should have done is just not eat, eaten at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um. Ian says do y'all have canes. Yes, but on yes, principle I won't eat it. I won't go to canes because there were so many people there when it first opened. You know. Uh. Fat hey. Jesus says favorite fast food. I love my uh all my children. Uh, equally but differently. Thank you. True. It's true. There is no bad fast food. Right now, I totally love the tacos from Zhao Asian Kitchen. Yes, you do. I gotta say. Yes, you do. Tanner Plummer says, uh-oh, Jake has Karenitis now. I, well, it's you know contagious. what my problem is? My problem is is that I, I, I just... You're, it's not, it's not a drive through. It's a delivery lane that, that just isn't service. There should be someone there full-time staffing well, they have a big ass it. blue light that flashes it's, in the like, restaurant no like come on for it to be a bad it's experience. obviously not big enough that light yeah they like, just it flashes constantly so i think they just yeah you know don't pay attention uh james knight says you guys have such a broad range of food chains in the u.s yes we do yeah yeah uh slcp shooter my guy what's up good to see you uh says you gotta hit pretty birds someday I don't know, Pretty Bird. What's the name of that place right across from JCW? There's a Slim Chickens. Or Slim something. Chickens. Yes. We've never been. Yes. I have no We've idea. No, it's right there by Pickwick or whatever that food is. Food for Less. What's the name of that store? Winco. Win I'll never go to oh Winco Foods God. again. Dude just rolled out with Food for Less I trying to name Winco. I couldn't think of it at okay, all. Okay, we need to go, bro. It's 810. You know. We do. Uh, Rhett Smith says Brittany Griner just pleaded guilty. <gasps> well, that's not surprising at all, actually. Um, there was a lot of thought that if if that's in fact true, I haven't seen that yet. Um, Rhett, I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, Brittany Griner pleads guilty to bringing hashish oil into Russia. Ask court for mercy. Wow. Wow, that's tough, dude. That is really tough. The move is not expected to end her trial anytime soon. Even with a guilty plea in Russian criminal courts, the judge will continue to read the full case file into the record and it could still go on for weeks or months. Yeah. Sources said the guilty plea was a strange, was a strategy to help facilitate a prisoner swap that could bring Griner home. And it also was a recognition that there was no way she was going to be acquitted. And that's what people were thinking if she pled guilty, that it would end sooner. Yeah. 
Nothing ends sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. It's brutal, ends bro. Sooner. It's brutal. So there you go. Well, my friends, as always, um, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, massive show today, as always. If you're here right now, please hit the thumbs up button. It really helps the channel grow. Uh, we are here every morning, 6.30 Mountain Time. Um, tomorrow on the show, I don't know what wild rumor we'll talk about. It's tomorrow's, yeah, tomorrow's Friday, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah we'll come up with something crazy tomorrow. Yeah. It'll be fun as usually. Mrs. Monty, have an average day. Appreciate you. Jake, say goodbye. Until tomorrow, Jake. Say- Do better, Chet. All Do right. better tomorrow. Love Thank you. you. Chet. Goodbye. Bye.